Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Power Up and Gang. This one is going to be a very focused one, uh, which is very strange for us to do. We don't usually have focused episodes. We usually just go with the flow. But I am Michael. I am your host, and I am joined, as always, with my co-host, my main man, Taylor. Taylor, how's it going, buddy? Man, I am doing pretty good. We didn't go out of our way to make this a Microsoft-focused episode, but just being honest here, they kind of dominated the news cycle this week, and they are still doing so because of the whole FTC thing, and there's a lot of quote-unquote bombshells that some of these bombshells being reported were, like, said a few weeks ago with Phil Spencer, but I guess, I mean, you got to... Write up news articles, I guess. <laughs> yeah, anything for uh, clicks and impressions, yeah. But, I, I mean, I've kind of been a dick here, but Not the me. whole... I, I was looking up some research, and there was a bunch of articles about, like, oh, Xbox admitted that they were in last place in the console war, quote-unquote console war. And I was like, yeah, Phil Spencer said that, like, three or four weeks ago. <laughs> it's Redfall. Just because it came back up in the FTC thing, it doesn't mean it's news. Like, we already knew this. Yeah, it's just a way to pad out the uh, articles. Yeah. <laughs> I say, as we're doing this podcast for thenerdstash.com, be sure to check out thenerdstash.com, <laughs> your one-stop place for all gaming, movies, TV shows, and more. <laughs> Look at that. That's a, that's a good plug. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a horrible plug. What's on our docket, man? Let's get into it. Oh, yes. All right. So here's what we have on our Xbox-centric episode. Microsoft is bumming up the price on Xbox Series X and Game Pass. And speaking of Xbox, Microsoft isn't shutting down Arkane Austin after Redfall's poor launch. Sony won't share PS6 plans with Activision Blizzard King if the Microsoft deal is passed. And for our main topic, we'll talk once again about Starfield and two of the main topics of potential concern around the game. So, let's go ahead and get right into it. Taylor, take it away, buddy. Don't mind if I do, Michael. And real quick, we do want to say that you can find sources for all the topics we're going over today down in the description of this episode. We do that to give out proper credit. And if any listeners want to read further about the topics we cover. Also, it's important to note they should t always take any unofficial stories we cover with a grain of salt and treat them as unconfirmed rumors slash reports until they are officially said otherwise. And with that out of the way, let's get into our main topic, or really main topics today, because they're all they're both under the Starfield umbrella, but it's really two questions surrounding Starfield. For the most part, the buzz around Starfield is very positive right now. But there are two main concerns people have about the game. One of them is the idea of empty worlds, which we'll talk about later. The other is the pesky frames per second debate that so many games have. Todd Howard recently talked about Starfield being locked in at 30 frames per second on consoles in an interview with IGN. Here's what he told them, quote, I think it will come as no surprise, given our previous games, what we go for. Always these huge open worlds, fully dynamic, hyper detail where anything can happen, and we do want to do that. It's 4K on the in the X, it's 1440 on the S. We do lock it at 30 because we want that fidelity. 
We want all that stuff. We don't want to sacrifice any of it. Fortunately, in this one, we've got it running great. It's often running way above that. Sometimes it's 60. But on the consoles, we do lock it because we prefer the consistency. Where you're not even thinking about it. And we don't ever want to sacrifice that experience that makes our games feel really, really special. So it feels great. We're really happy with how it feels in the heat of battle. And we need that headroom because in our games, really anything can happen. End quote. Michael, I believe you talked about the 30 frames per second debate when we talked about Starfield's showcase. But regardless, how are you feeling about Howard's comments here? Uh, I'm not too happy with it myself. I mean, I get it. It's a big open world. And with that kind of stuff, you know, anything can go wrong. But at the same time, it's like, man... The Series X and the PS5, they're just as strong as, what, the 20 series of uh, GPUs? Because I, I, I have NVIDIA, so I go by NVIDIA's whole deal. Uh, so for them to be like, oh, yeah, um, the Series X is 4K, but it's 30. It's like, well, isn't there an option for me of bumping down to 1440, 60 at least? So to know that there's no performance mode in there, that's kind of a shame. Uh, and that's where my whole deal comes in. It's like, there's no options. It's just you're, you're like that 30 no matter what. Uh, I would have liked to see uh, one that favors resolution over frames or frames over, or, uh, frames over resolution. Because I'd pick frames over resolutions every time. I'd rather play a game at 1440, 60 than 4K30. Uh, because, I don't know, for me, personally, I, I am one of those people who can tell the difference. Like, I'm not saying it's going to be unplayable. I think it'll still be playable. Uh, but, you know, when you're doing a fast-paced shooter game, you know, you those 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 double frames works to your benefit. Uh, 30 frames just feels a little sluggish. For RPGs, I kind of see how 30 frames could be all right. Uh, if, you're, have a, if you have a RPG that's a little more slow-moving to where you don't need everything to be super fast, like Final Fantasy, uh, but for a game that's trying to be RPG and a shooter, yeah, I'm sorry, it's not the 360 days anymore. You know, it's not the PS 360 days. Yeah, sure, but Fallout, we uh, we accepted it, even though that game did chug and the frame rate you could tell was below 30 at times. I don't know. I I find it unacceptable still. I still think there should be a 1440 60 uh, for the Series X and a 1080p 60. For the Series S, I think they both can. I think they both can push that, and it just makes me question: uh, How is the PC version going to run? Because if you can't even get the Series X to run at a fourteen forty sixty, now I'm kind of questioning the uh, PC release. I completely disagree with you on this, which I find really hilarious because yeah, I am a layman's in terms of. I guess frames per second and performance in that way. What I want, look, if it was Call of Duty, if it was any other kind of game that's not a Bethesda RPG, I probably would agree with you. But I think for me, the thing I care about is consistency. What Todd Howard said here, I want it just to run consistency or consistently, and. I think their games sometimes struggle with that. So I want them to get that right and then go to the 60 frames per second in a consistent way, kind of get in their next game. 
they need to get the consistent part right before they move forward to the 60 frames per second and all the high-end stuff because I don't even think Bethesda's there yet for me. Uh, see, so you said because you already know you're going to be playing this on console. Well, I'm going to be playing this on console, but I also know Bethesda's track record when it comes to performance. I'm not saying their games are bad. Their games, they have made some of the best games in the history of this industry. And we both sat here after that Starfield showcase and went, damn, we are very excited for it. We can't wait for the game to come out. Hell, the title of that episode was like, sorry, Starfield, we weren't familiar with your game. (laughs) So this isn't even an indictment of the game, but it's me looking at it realistically and being like, I don't trust Bethesda yet, even to deliver that 60 frames per second in a consistent way. Let's start with 30 frames per second in a consistent way. And like you were saying with the PC port, deliver a pretty damn good PC port with it. That I think would be a nice compromise for this game. And Elder Scrolls 6, don't get me wrong, if this was Elder Scrolls 6 years later and this is what they're talking about, I have a problem with it. But look, I think we're both going to have to agree to disagree on how we feel about the 30 frames per second debate here. Uh, But before we do move on with this, I do want to ask, what exactly are you wanting out of the PC port? Like, what are you you wanting and what are you expecting? Uh, I'm expecting crashes and bugs, but I'm also hoping for over 60 frames. Because I don't think they're going to have anything consistent. I don't think the 30 frames is going to be consistent. I don't think the 60 frames is going to be consistent. So I would like for it to be a little bit above 60 frames so I can at least hit that. I'm, I'm thinking 70, 75 frames at least. I'm not asking for 120, 140. So you see, Taylor, I can be, I, 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 I can be very reasonable. <laughs> Let's move on <laughs> to our next potential concern with Starfield. That is popped up here. So while speaking with the kind of funny X cast, hey, guess who came back here? Todd Howard was asked about a concern oh, people have about potentially empty planets that aren't worth the player's time. Here's what Howard had to say. Quote, I think that's, you know, the million dollar question when it comes to a game like this. It's a great question, one that we honestly struggled with early in the project. We wanted to do the planets because we like to give you that choice where you want to go because we feel like you want that choice in a game like this, end quote. He then talked about the performance side of this and whether or not they could even pull it off before saying, quote, Now, obviously, it's procedural. There's no way we're going to go and handcraft an entire planet. What we do is handcraft individual locations, and some of those are placed specifically. The main cities, their quest locations, etc., And then we have a suite of them that are generated or placed where you land, depending on that planet. End quote. Howard then went on to confirm that only 10% of the planets have life on them. But barren planets will have resources to find. Here's what Howard had to say about those planets. Quote, I think it's a moment when you land on some of these barren planets. And again, we will generate things for you to find on them. But if you look at a planet, you see the resources. It has things you want there. I love the Buzz Aldrin quote, the magnificent desolation. I think there's a certain beauty to standing on those and feeling I'm one of the only people or only person to ever visit this planet. It's a difficult design thing. If you add too many things, 
if it's generating too many abandoned bases or towers or things to find, it starts feeling too gamey in some of those locations. And I think we've dialed that in pretty well, depending on the planet that you're on. End quote. Howard did say that some planets will have multiple biomes. Creatures and fauna will go with those biomes. But unfortunately, players will not be able to use any land vehicles to explore planets, meaning you'll have to be on foot or use your boost pack to get around to explore. So here's my question. Does Starfield's barren worlds matter to you? Or do you see the prospect of these planets as simply extra content meant for exploring resources? So what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, you land one, if you don't like what you see, just leave. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. It's not like there's going to be missions on these barren lands. There's like, land here, find this many rocks, find this checkpoint, and leave. If that happened, then yeah, it'd be, it'd be something I complain about. But, you know, I really think more to barren uh, planets, which there are plenty of barren planets in our galaxy. Uh, but plenty of barren planets, you know, you just... You go there, you look for something, and you know if you don't find what you want, you can just leave. I mean, hell, you can scan a whole planet before you even land. So really, there's no excuse to be like, oh my goodness, all these barren, on these barren planets. Like, yeah, just go somewhere else. It's not that big of a deal as long as missions aren't part of it. You know, I don't see a big deal with it. I'm actually expecting a bunch of barren lands, uh, planets. So yeah, I'm okay with it to be honest. As you should expect, because as Todd Howard just said, only 10% of planets are going to have life on them. So I'd assume there's going to be a bunch that are just there for resources. I don't have a problem yeah. with it either. I'm there with you. I think this is a, it's a problem for people who I think get overwhelmed with RPG games, which is completely understandable. I'm also one of those people I think I've talked about on the podcast before, like playing Witcher 3. And going into like my quest menu and just seeing like 15, 20 quests after like 30 minutes on the game. <laughs> I'm exaggerating there, but still. And just being like, I don't know what to do. I'm confused. <laughs> I'm just going to take a minute. I'm going to go do some random shit. Because you don't want to really <laughs> mess with that quest board. There's just too much to do. So I get it. But I think for Starfield, for what they're going for like creatively, it does make sense. I don't think it's a problem either when it comes to, oh, you're just going to go to a bunch of barren worlds. Like you just said, like most of the time, I assume it's going to be completely optional. If you want to get resources there, get resources there. I'm sure you could probably build a base on a barren planet if you wanted to and be the only inhabitant, which sounds kind of cool. So I don't really have a problem with it. It seems really optional. And like you said, if you don't want to go, you just don't go to those planets. There's seems to be a lot of planets and a lot of places for you to go that's going to have a bunch of humans and a bunch of life on them. So, seems like you're going to have so many options. The thing is going to be, for a lot of people, narrowing down those options to what you want to do. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I don't think there's much debate here. It's just, you know, don't have your boring, deserted planets, your barren planets be like, something that's key for players to have to do is like oh i have to click this many resources or go here and like scan this many planets like don't 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 do that just make it optional for me to fly by land if i want to do what i want oh no maybe set up a set up a base or something on a deserted planet i don't know like something cool like that something optional just don't make me go there and be like oh go to these coordinates and collect these many crystals or whatever like as long as that's not a thing 
Now, if it's a thing saying to build this certain item, you need this resource, and the only resource is on this desolate planet, I'm fine with that. I do agree with you. I have a problem if it's like a quest. Like, there's a ton of quests that are like, go to this one little planet that's completely lifeless, pick this up, and then go pick up this other thing in another lifeless planet, and then go turn in a quest. That seems just like a pointless errand, you know? But if you're yeah. doing this on your own to get a ship piece to craft or, you know what I mean, anything on your own to build, I have no issues with that. Yeah, same. All right, you ready to move on to our other topics of the week, which also include Xbox? <laughs> yes, that's uh, the sure bias by having an Xbox episode continue. Microsoft is increasing the price of the Xbox Series X and Game Pass. This was reported by several publications, including The Verge, who we're reading this story from. Starting in August, Xbox is increasing the prices of the Xbox Series X in most markets, apart from the U.S., Brazil, Japan, Colombia, and Chile. In July, Game Pass will also be increasing in most markets except for Chile, Norway, Denmark, Saudi Arabia, and Switzerland. For those in the U.S., it's a $2 price increase. For all the specifics on any of the other market increases on Game Pass or the Xbox Series X, please check out the article from The Verge. Michael, I do think you and I are going to be in agreement on this one, like we were on the last topic. This kind of sucks, right? (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's, it's not something you want to hear. You want to hear decrease in price? Sure. Like I, I think we all knew that Game Pass was going to go up in price sooner or later. Uh, but going by only two dollars, I'm actually kind of surprised for that. Uh, I thought it was going to go up to a uh, nineteen ninety nine a month uh, price tag. To be honest, so seeing it only go up two dollars, I'm just like, oh, all right, that's actually a, a pleasant surprise. Now, if you don't mind me butting in here. Yeah, I wouldn't be as mad about, like, I'm not really even that mad about a $2 price increase. It does suck. Like, I'm frustrated. I think that's the best way to put it. But I would like to know, like, okay, what's, are you increasing the quality of games you're getting on Game Pass, or are you just doing this to do it? I, and I know the answer is number two. <laughs> you're doing it just to do it. But it would be nice to hear, like, oh, no, we're going to be getting a lot higher quality games releasing on Game Pass, and that's the reason behind the price increase. But, if, if they keep up with what they showed during that last showcase, you know, bringing more JRPGs into a fold. That's 2024, though, right? That's what I'm saying. So this oh, is yeah. happening in August and July. What's the reason I'm still subscribed if you're hiking up the prices? I mean, they still got other games coming out. Like, yeah, sure, a lot of those Japanese games. Starfield alone, I guess. But it, it, I think at yeah, Xbox Starfield Series X one, that's probably the more frustrating. And yeah, if one, they continue sucks. to increase the Game Pass price, I think that would be go- me going from, ah, that's pretty frustrating, to, yeah, I'm pissed off about that. Because it was a great deal, and that's what happens everywhere, right? You look at streaming service. You remember when everybody had cable, and then people started getting Netflix and Hulu, and I was like, oh, this is so much better. Nobody's really doing this. Now everybody has a fucking streaming service and it's starting to add up a little bit. Not ex- not as yeah. much as cable, but it's getting close nowadays. Oh, it's, it's pretty much there. Like, YouTube TV alone. Like, mm-hmm. you do that, and now that they have the NFL uh, Game Pass... 
NFL uh, Sunday ticket, but I, I no, like how it, Game Pass is pass, on yeah. your mind. <laughs> but that is our topic. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the Sunday pass, Sunday tickets. Uh, that's a hundred dollars annual. Yeah. So it's like, man, that's the hell of an add-on. So yeah, it's happening everywhere. And so that's what I'm concerned about in the long run is Game Pass turns into what these streaming services are, where it's like, oh man, this is great now, and then all of a sudden it ramps up in price so much that you're like, ah, I don't, I don't want it See, anymore. So 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 here's so here's the problem that I have with it. Uh, you know, they always say anything is worth whatever the consumers willing to spend. I'm I, I'm sorry, but I am willing to spend 19.99 a month on Game Pass. I think it is that good. I think it's that great of a deal. Uh, so I'm one of those people that if it gets beyond, if it goes beyond twenty dollars, like if it becomes 24.99 or 29.99 a month, I think I'm gonna bow out. But for 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 me personally, from now all the way to 19.99 a month, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm good. I'm Gucci and I, I'm kosher. Uh, but once it goes past twenty dollars, I'm like, all right. Yeah, there's a low. threshold. Okay, That's yeah. where I was yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. mad at it. I'm just a bit frustrated that it's increasing, and you're not seeing the dividends just yet of why. And yeah, yeah right. you yeah, do yeah, have yeah. Starfield later this year, which is going to be a massive game. We just talked about it there, but like you said, it feels like a lot of 2024 titles that are big is the the consumer rationale. Behind, okay, here's a $2 price increase. Look at all these games we're going to be getting on there. But like you said, there's a threshold for how much you're willing to accept. You're going to hit a certain threshold here if Xbox gets a bit greedy about it. You know? Oh, absolutely. So what's your threshold? <sighs> Probably yours. I, I think y- yeah. you kind of hit the nail on the head. Yeah, 1999 is a, is yeah. a pretty good... And I don't want to put that threshold because I don't want to jinx it and have it to where Xbox is like... <laughs> You know what? Let's increase it again. But that's probably my threshold to where it ever hits over that. I'm like, eh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of done. And once you hit, once you go beyond twenty, Phil Spencer's into this podcast. Like, okay, we know what we can do. We know we can get away with now. Sweet. Sorry, Phil Spencer, for that episode a few weeks back. We kind of <laughs> did bury him. Hey, we were professional about it. We were pretty. I mean, you were. No, I think you were as well. We did a pretty good job of being like, hey, you did good, but also Redfall, well, man, that was a stinker. <laughs> let's uh, let's do better, all right? Uh, and, and the thing is, excuse me, uh, the thing is, Game Pass is still cheaper than Ubisoft Plus. So, you know. Yeah, if we're playing the comparison game. Well, because like, well, uh, like you brought up before, <laughs> like when, when everybody had like, Oh, it's only Hulu and uh, and Netflix. You know, you had that competition. You price out now that everybody has it. You have to like look at everybody's pricing, and that's where you find value. Like, who brings in the value? Yeah, PS Plus and Game Pass to me look yeah. to be the best two. Oh yeah, no, those two are definitely the best. Yeah, but you also look at Nintendo Online Pass. Uh, you look at EA Play. You look at Ubisoft Plus, and you're just like, okay, I see a trend. Uh, Amazon Luna. I see a trend. Uh, and now we're at the point to where just like those, uh, like just like, like just like we were talking about earlier with uh, cable and streaming. Now we have to play the comparison game, especially for someone like me who has multiple consoles and PCs and whatnot. I'll say it first out in that comparison game is Ubisoft Plus. Yeah, yeah, same, <laughs> same. To be honest, uh, actually, you know what? No, I think EA plays out first for me. Well, EA Play is tied into Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. So at least it has that going for it. Yeah. Ubisoft Plus, which is not tied into that or PS Plus, 
you're sitting there and you're looking at it and you're like, well, how are you more expensive than the two <laughs> console platforms over yeah. here? Like, what are you, what are you offering? Because your games are not worth that price. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what uh, that's one of the things that you look that like. Hey, if you're going around looking for streaming services, uh, yeah, that's one thing you 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 look at is what the competition is pricing and their value. Uh, and for me, yeah, Xbox, I still think is a good price for Game Pass Ultimate. Um, I, I I'm willing to pay up to twenty dollars for it. After that, it's a bit much. Uh, but only because I, I personally feel like there is uh, value there. And I know you feel like there's value there, too. We both agree that $20 is kind of like the stopping point. If it gets to 20 you better damn well have some Spider-Man 2, God of War, Ragnarok. <laughs> you better have some games I mean, on there that's worth that damn price. I mean, we're, we're going to have uh, 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 Hellblade 2. You know, it's going to be a vowed, eventually perfect dark Look, I'm not trying to shit on those games. I doubt any of those three are going to be thought of as the cinematic masterpieces that Marvel Spider-Man, God of War 1, God of War 2. I think Hellblade 2 will be held up there like great storytelling in video games. We'll see. I think from us talking about all this, it just comes down to, yeah, there's a threshold for it, it but it kind of comes down to make great games and people wouldn't be as pissed off. You know, if there's great games that keep releasing on the platform, on the platform, on the service every month or every few months, you're not going to be that upset about a $2 price increase. However, if you keep having games being like coming in 2024, coming in 2025, have this game Starfield that everybody's now very optimistic about, but also going like, I don't know, there's a small chance that somehow it still falls flat on its face. It's hard to sell that $2 price increase to people. That's all I'm saying. I mean, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It is it, it does look bad for Xbox. We all knew it was coming, but you know, it would be a be it fifty cents or two dollars, it's always gonna look uh it's always gonna look bad because, you know, people don't wanna pay more. You know, you you, you introduced the uh one dollar price and you took that away, now you're increasing the prices. It gets to the point to where you're like, uh, like you said yourself, uh what more are you adding for this higher price? Like, what what, what else am I getting? So, yeah, I, I completely understand why anybody would look at this $2 price and be like, yeah, you want me to pay more, but am I getting more? Like, am I getting more now? Because like you said, uh, those games that I mentioned before, yeah, they're coming in 2024. So, yeah, I, I, I get it. You're increasing the price now. I expect the quality to go up now. So, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, well, let's go ahead and move from this story here over to, uh, let's talk about Redfall, Michael. <laughs> so, Redfall was a big flop for Xbox, but there aren't any plans to shut down developer Arkane Austin. Here's what Xbox's Matt Booty told Axios. Quote, that is the plan right now. They are hard at work on updates and continued content for Redfall, end quote. Redfall's development was certainly a troubling one. If you don't know about it, we'll also leave a link to a Bloomberg report diving into the development cycle of the game. Booty also spoke about how he felt, quote, accountable that we could have done a better job with Arcane, end quote, and wants to, quote, support them to be able to working to deliver the game they had in mind, end quote. Are you surprised to hear that Xbox is still behind Arcane Austin? 
I'm not in the slightest. Nah, I mean, I, I don't think one bad game should be the reason the whole studio shuts down. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I think this is a case of the game. Don't get me wrong. Redfall, by all accounts, seemed to be one hell of a miss. Like, an all-time <laughs> yeah. miss from Arcane Austin. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, have they really had that bad of a miss or anything relatively close to it in their lifespan? I don't think they have. And we've seen no. the development cycle. Well, like, you can check out the Bloomberg Report. We're also going to leave a link to an IGN article talking about the Bloomberg Report because, of course, Bloomberg is behind a paywall. Have <laughs> you seen enough articles from them? So... If you know the story, you know the story. It's just, that was a shit show. Is honestly the best way I could put it. Of a development. <laughs> and yeah. it just seems that it's best for everybody. It it still seems Arcane Austin is going to go forward with Redfall and try to make something of it. But I think, honestly, it'll be best for everybody that just washed their hands of it and be like, alright, that wasn't our best. Let's do something else. Yeah, um, man... I, I hate that this is the first thing we think of whenever we hear about a studio not doing well. It's like, oh, man, are they going to get shut down? It's like, well, Microsoft is known for quickly shutting things down. I mean, they've shut down studios. They uh, shut down entire uh, uh, servers. You know, if you might remember, it's Beam slash Mixer. If it's something that Microsoft doesn't instantly see profits from you know they're they're quick to get rid of it or at least they used to you know under uh phil spencer might not be the same thing so i'm glad to see that it's still going to hold true that they're just not freaking out about it and trying to save face by shutting down an entire studio i'm glad that they're keeping it open and you know if anything it our uh, arcane austin is going to turn into a uh, support studio and you know even then that's all right I will say I think Mixer was also under Phil Spencer's domain. Was there. it? Was was it, so. was it? Was it? Was it? Was it? Was it under him? Oh, jeez. I think that was what twenty. What was Mixer's lifespan? Was it twenty fifteen to like twenty eighteen? Uh, Mixer was from two thousand sixteen until two until twenty twenty. Damn. So, it lasted yeah. a lot longer than I thought it. Did. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it made it to twenty twenty. Yeah, it didn't last long, but it also lasted a while. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a hell of a thing. Um, it is. Let's talk about Sony. If you didn't know, there's a big situation going on with Microsoft and the FTC, the U.S. Federal Trade Commission, over the Microsoft Activision Blizzard deal. Why is this important? To a Sony story? Well, while speaking to the FTC, Sony Interactive Entertainment boss Jim Ryan said they would not share any PlayStation 6 plans with Activision Blizzard if the deal goes through. Quote, We simply could not run the risk of a company that was owned by a direct competitor having access to that information. End quote. This isn't earth-shattering news, mind you, and it does make a ton of sense. But we're kind of using this as a way to talk about the whole deal going on with the FTC and Microsoft, which seems to be a make-or-break verdict for Microsoft. What I find more interesting, though, on the PlayStation side of things, is that there already seems to be talk of new next-gen systems, at least internally. 
Sony said this about the PS6, and during court filings with the FTC, it was revealed that Microsoft expects the next generation of consoles to launch in 2028. A few avenues for us to go in here. Where do you want to start, Michael? First off, uh, I don't know why anybody would be surprised that Sony wouldn't want to share their information of their next console with a rival. This goes back to what I was saying earlier, right? To where some articles, I think, get written up and you question, like, yeah, (laughs) no shit. I don't know if that was worthy of an entire article on. But you know what? People got to get views. People got to write stuff up. Not hating, just an observation. All right. Uh, this, is why, this is why people don't really care for video game. As someone who's been in video game journalism for a long time, this is why people are starting to lose interest in video game journalism. Like, we, we, we end up writing these dumbass articles and stuff like this. And no, 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 uh, you know, nothing against the person who wrote this. I get it. Your uh, editor probably. You gotta do what you gotta do. You. Yeah. So, you're like, like, someone who's in the industry themselves, I'm not throwing shade or hate at you. It's just, uh, I get it. And I'm just saying, like, it's kind of dumb. Uh, but, yeah, um, for me, this is a non-story. For you, it's a non-story, really. Like, it should be a non-story for anybody. But I wouldn't see, I, could, I can't see Sony going in with Microsoft, uh, with Activision Blizzard, ready to share every piece of information that they have on their next upcoming console. And I am kind of happy to see that, Phil is willing to say, hey, yeah, our next console, we're already working on it. Uh, we expect, we're not saying it will be released, but we expect a console launch, the new generation of console around 2028. So it's like, okay, so we at least have another good five, six years before we have to worry about brand new consoles. It's already been three years. So like, okay, it's not quite the 10 year uh, stretch we've all want from new consoles, but it's getting damn near close. Do want to make a correction here. I don't think Phil Spencer directly said this. This was just Microsoft in the filings. So ah, okay. I don't have a specific person. But yeah, man, I agree with you. And the whole reason we're talking about it here is because I find there to be two interesting stories within this, which is what you were talking about here, the next crop of consoles and everything going on with FTC and Microsoft. To start with this next crop of consoles, I find that very interesting because it feels like a, it would be an eight-year life cycle for this generation of consoles, which isn't totally abnormal, right? That seems about right. Eight to ten years for a generation of consoles. Why I think it feels abnormal is because of the pandemic. The pandesi, if you will. That it was so hard to get a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X. Xbox Series S was, I believe, more available for people. Yeah, there was, it, was, it was easier to find. But it was so hard to get an Xbox Series X for a long time. It was so hard to get a PS5 for a long time. That I believe the next generation or the current generation of consoles... I, I, see, that's right there. I just called it the next generation of consoles. So even I'm doing this. So I still feel like it's just it got off to the wrong track. It really did. Like it just started yeah. off slow out the gates because of a the pandemic, b it being so hard to obtain one of those consoles, 
And as a result, I think that's why it looks abnormal to be like, 2028? That soon? When in reality, yeah, it would be eight years. It's just, there's some people I know who still haven't yet to get an Xbox Series X or a PS5. Or an Xbox Series S. Yeah. They probably will within the next year. But... Yeah, I know a lot of people, they're still saying, like, uh... But that's one thing that makes uh, the Series X price going up so damning. It's like, well, jeez, man. I, like, there's plenty of people who haven't gotten the console yet. So now you kind of, like, you have this FOMO thing coming on. It's like... Oh, wow. Yeah. They really can just raise the price on these things. And we're saying this as Americans down. that that price increase isn't going to... There's no price increase in the U.S. But in those other countries that are affected by it, you're 100% right. Like, if somebody out there has been like, man, I've been waiting for an Xbox Series X. Oh, price increase. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's, 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 that's unfortunate. Um, but, yeah, with this whole... Uh, this whole article and the whole FTC thing, it's becoming bonkers, man. Like Sony is really throwing themselves in here. Uh, they're making these threats that <laughs> really aren't really threats, but it's kind of common knowledge. Like, yeah, we won't share our details with Activision Blizzard. It's like, well, yeah, because they'll be on their competitors, so it kind of makes sense that you wouldn't. And then you ask, like, if it, it, it's this verdict's going to be a make-or-break thing for uh, Microsoft and the deal, you know, unfortunately, I, I don't know how this is going to work out. Because at first, we were like, oh, yeah, this is going to close out soon. We're going to be done with this pretty soon. We're going to be done by the summertime. And now things have started to work backwards towards like, yeah, I don't even know where this story is going. I don't know where this verdict is going. I don't know where this deal is going. Like, how is this going? Like, if, if, this, if this deal drops through, if this falls through, shareholders on the Activision Blizzard side are going to be so unhappy that it makes me wonder. How is this going to affect the relationship with Sony going forward? Like, will they go back to doing uh, exclusive Call of Duty deals with Microsoft? Or will they keep doing deals with Sony? Or will they just say, screw it all? Like, nobody gets a deal. Nobody gets exclusives. Like, how is this going to affect the Switch version? Like, how is this going to affect the 10-year deal that Microsoft had made with other uh, companies with their cloud service? Like, if this deal falls through, like it's, this is going to affect way more than just fanboys and flame wars. That's the thing, though, I find the most interesting, though, Michael. What is going to happen with Activision Blizzard if the Microsoft deal falls through here? Because this does seem to be a make-or-break thing with the FTC and Microsoft. I kind of, as a watcher, I hope it is, because I'm tired of talking about this. <laughs> I know. I'm ready to move on, whether it goes through or not. But I find it exactly what you're talking about, right? What is Sony's relationship with Activision Blizzard if this does fall through and Activision Blizzard remains independent? Because it seems like it is a lot of bad blood right now between Sony and Activision. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I don't I don't even know. Like, cause I think, really, it's just going to be... Just another day for both sides, all sides, really. I think they're all just going to move about their business. And, you know, Microsoft just go and try to buy somebody smaller. Who knows? Maybe they'll buy somebody from the Embracer group. You know, the Embracer group there, they, 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 they just lost out on a big deal. So maybe they'll roll in the cell one of their companies away. Who knows? Uh, but as for Sony, uh, Sony's definitely going to this up as a win for them. And I think they're going to continue to push uh, Call of Duty as the the game to play on PlayStation. So I don't know. I don't know. Is uh, I think it's gonna be 
if it if it was me, you know, if I was Bobby, uh, Bobby Kotick, I'd be petty as hell. I'm also sorry that you'd be Bobby Kotick. Uh, yes, that's, that's also another thing. I'd be a better person. <laughs> I would. I would be a better person. Allegedly, uh, but... do you have to say that? <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, yes, yes. Allegedly, I'd be a better person. Allegedly, <laughs> um, I would. <laughs> I would be petty as hell, and I would just ask Microsoft, "Hey, yo, that sixty-eight billion you were going to hand over anyway? Tell you what, how about for not even having? For how about for just a billion? We'll move and do a ten-year deal with you." Just a flat out exclusive deal with uh with, with Activision Blizzard, you know. Uh will be available on your cloud service. Uh, or, or old games will be available on your cloud service. Uh, you know, beta comes first to Xbox players. Uh who knows? Uh uh, 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 uh Spartan, Spartan armor. There you go. In our in the multiplayer, you can Wear Master Chief's armor in Call of Duty or some shit. And there's a Warhog exclusively in Warzone on, on Xbox Warzone or something. I don't know. Yeah, there's, there's there's some stupid goofy stuff you can do. Uh, but that's what I would do if I was uh, if I owned Activision Blizzard. I would try to go for a billion dollar deal with uh, Microsoft and move Call of Duty back towards Xbox just to be petty towards Sony. And like you said, I have no idea what Microsoft plans to do. If I had to guess, I do think that they would be like, well, we paid all that money for Activision Blizzard. We're not just going to put it back in our pocket. We're going to go try to get another publisher. Because I do think it's a lot about getting more games under Game Pass and under the Xbox umbrella while you have these other studios working on pure first-party titles. So I wonder if it would be Maybe EA, Ubisoft, CD Projekt Red is not for sale. We learned that a few weeks ago. <laughs> when what was it? Rumors about yeah. Sony acquiring them, and CD Projekt Red was like, "Yeah, that ain't happening." <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> so CD Projekt Red is a definitely yeah. a no. <laughs> if Xbox wants to, yeah, it's just a bunch of fanboys that want to throw around a bunch of stuff and start people talking, but. Yeah, I'm so I'm so glad CD is like what we're doing too well to be owned yeah. by anybody. Yeah, no, but, we're good. Yeah, I think that's the more interesting thing. Like, what happens if the deal falls through? What happens with Activision and Sony's relationship? What is going to happen with Xbox with all the money that they were going to spend on Activision Blizzard? I would assume, and I think we talked about this before. I would assume they have to pay some kind of penalty if it were to fall through. Huh. But I I I I think. Uh... One of the penalties were that Microsoft was still owe Activision Blizzard yeah. a certain amount. I can't remember what the amount is. I, I don't. Yeah, me neither. I don't know what it was. But again, we don't really know what's in what's in all the paperwork because some of the paperwork that came out was redacted. So we don't even know what certain uh, people said, like Jim Ryan. Certain things that he said uh, was redacted. I think that's the thing too. Like a lot of people are treating this as if it's like a Xbox versus PlayStation. Don't get me wrong. PlayStation's kind of treating it like it too. <laughs> but at the end of the day, no, nah, they're in court right now. <laughs> like this shit is, it's, it's getting yeah. real. So this is going to be a massive deal one way or the other. It's either Microsoft's going to get a massive publisher that makes games like Call of Duty, Overwatch, Diablo, all those games, or it's going to fall through, 
and they're going to be independent again, looking at one of the publishers, one of the platforms that caused that deal not to go through, and that is Sony, which I find incredibly awkward. Just absolutely like Scott's tots from the office level awkward. It's storming at my house, by the way, if you couldn't hear that. Yeah, yes, I hear it. Oh, man. pretty bad. (laughs) All right, so what have you been working on, and where can we find you, Taylor? I've just been working on these podcasts. On Thursday, we're going to have Lombox Hunters, the first episode of that comic-related podcast with Tristan and Drew. I cannot wait for it. They have some incredible content coming up. And on Friday, we should have another new installment of Clash at the Stash. We are nearing the end of Clash at the Stash Season 1. We had to get a few episodes recorded in the can. And, Michael, you and I have an upcoming episode of Clash at the Stash that we have already recorded. We can't spoil the results for any listeners, but it was a fun time. Get a little heated with our opponents. I think I, I I still had a really good time. It was fun. I would definitely love to have them back on, but I was, they went hard after us. I think. I think, hey man, we're just trying to have fun. They come like, no, we're coming with a jackhammer and, and we're, we're we're taking over. I appreciated the tenacity really because they took like, okay, we can talk shit, we can destroy your argument. Oh, we're gonna do it. So I appreciate they just like jumped in there. Oh yeah, yeah, it was fun. That was a great episode. I, I think we should do tag team matchups more often. Maybe in season two. Yeah. Uh, be kind of now I think we should just go to their podcast and sabotage. I mean, enhance <laughs> their episodes. Perhaps, perhaps. So stay on the lookout <laughs> for this upcoming episode of Clash of Stash. And then Michael and I's tag team matchup. Uh, other than that, not really working on anything else. If you want to find me, I am in our Discord, the link for which is in the description of this episode. Talk with us about any of the stories we covered here today. Anything you find interesting in the gaming industry. What you're watching, what you're playing. We'd love to hear from you. All right. As for me, I am uh, still traveling around to different conventions. Uh, I'm going to another one this week and then I have another one next week. <laughs> Uh, Taylor's been doing a great job working with me on my schedules to make sure that we can get these uh, in and recorded before I leave him all by his lonesome to just edit on six different podcasts. And you can find me on uh, TikTok at Fox Daddy. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at M underscore M-O-S-L-E-Y underscore J-R. And for now, you can kind of find me on Twitch at FoxDaddy, S-F-0-X-D-A-D-D-Y. But I am one of those people who are strongly thinking about making the move over to Kick. So I will talk about more of that in future episodes if I do make I that move. I think you should. <laughs> to be honest, I think I should too. Uh, but yeah, I'm thinking about making the move over to Kick. And who knows? If, if I do, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to uh, start plugging that in. Uh, instead of uh, the Twitch. Uh, but other than that, you ready to get out of here, Taylor? Oh, yeah. I'm ready to go ahead and get out of here. I got to get something to eat. <laughs> all right, bud. Uh, thank you all for joining us, and we will see you all next week.